Hey, welcome to Belltown Church's podcast. My name is Joey and I'm one of the lead pastors here. I'm so grateful that you are tuning in. If there's any way that we could serve you in these challenging and uncertain times, email us at help at belltownchurch.com. I hope that this teaching inspires you, that it challenges you, that it ultimately reveals Jesus and his love for you. Now let's get to the teaching. All of us, nothing between us and God, our faces shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. Hey everyone, welcome to Belltown Church Online. My name is Joey, I'm one of the lead pastors, and I am so glad that you're tuning in. Wasn't worship just powerful? Uh, If you don't know, we actually post worship moments on our YouTube page. I'm not just plugging our YouTube channel. That's not what I'm doing. I'm actually trying to redirect us so that we can be a people outside of these Sunday gatherings. We could be a people that pursue the presence of Jesus. And we know this, if we have Jesus, we have everything. And so let's be a people that continually press in, press into his spirit, press into a fresh encounter with Jesus, because we believe here at Belltown Church, one encounter with Jesus, we will never be the same. We will never be the same. And that is true for those of us that have known Jesus for a few years or a few decades. Jesus is constantly calling out to you and I to become more and more like him. And so that's why we're actually spending several weeks talking about becoming. We've been in a teaching series called Becoming, and um, today we're going to continue in that teaching series and the subject in which I will be speaking from today. If you're taking notes, I hope that you are. I know all you Belltown Churchites, you're taking notes. Um, At the top of your note-taking device, write down this subject, becoming a people of joy. Man, becoming a people of joy. You know, I found in my 33, now almost 34 years of life, that we need need some, some specific friends in our life. We need, the, we, need, we need the friend who's a really good listener, who's always by our side. Um, we get this picture of David and Jonathan from the Old Testament, that Jonathan was just a, a, a faithful friend through it all. We need a faithful friend. We need those faithful friends. We also need, come on, hello, we need the, the rich friend. We need the friend that will invite us to NBA games or to take us out for a lunch date or buy us coffee. Not that we're using them, but they just they are just so generous. We need generous friends. Is that maybe a, a more, uh, a better term to describe it? We need a generous friend. And then reality is, is we need them funny friends, man. We need those funny friends that will just make us laugh. Man, that in our in the worst times, that they'll just come alongside us and they'll bring laughter to us, not in a way to numb us or to escape, uh, to help us escape from the realities of life, but just to bring laughter. The Bible says laughter is like medicine to the soul. 
Laughter is like medicine to, medicine to the soul. So we need those joyful friends. I will tell you what. I, I am funny here and there, but I am not that joyful friend. For those of you that know me, some of y'all are hating right now and you're like, yup, you are not that joyful friend. Uh, I, I'm a joyful person, I, I, but I might, might not make other people laugh. I maybe not be the funniest person out there. You know, thinking back to my middle school days, which majority of us don't want to think back to our middle school days, uh, I just remember so many times friends would come up to me and just be like, Joey, I'm having the worst day. Can you just make me laugh? And I, I, I couldn't do it. I just could not do it. But what, I was that faithful friend the, friend, the friend that would always lend an ear, would always just take their side no matter what. That's who I was. I want to talk today specifically about becoming a people of joy and what that means for you and I today. Friends, here's what I believe. I believe this, is that we are living in a cultural moment so much so that it is a historic moment. A historic moment that the globe has never faced before. And in this day and age, God is calling out to you and I, his people, to become a, a, a resounding echo of his joy to the world. His joy to the world. I want to read a scripture out of Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. If you don't, it's going to come up on the screen here. But Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23. I just want to read those couple verses just to kind of be a... Uh, a, 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 a liftoff point for us into today's teaching. It says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, the list goes on. Self-control. There is no law against such things. So the Holy Spirit produces what kinds of things in our own lives? Joy. Will you pray with me? Bow your heads. Come on, close your eyes. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for what you are doing. Father, I pray that you would give us perspective. You would give us eyes to see as you see above all of the chaos and storms and the, just the hardships of life, I pray that you would give us eyes to see like you see and what you're doing throughout the earth. God, I pray just now in this moment that we would settle our hearts. We would have eyes that are open, ears that would hear the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that you would, you would, you would help us to hear the call of Jesus, the call of Jesus, which is he is calling us to become a people of joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we have to start 
we have to start this teaching by kind of framing joy in such a way of what it is not and what it is. So I want to actually talk about what joy is not and what joy is. Let's start with what joy is not. First off, joy is not rooted in our feelings. Whew, thank God. <laughs> joy is not rooted in our feelings. The Oxford English Dictionary's definition of joy is this. A feeling, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. A feeling of great pleasure and happiness. I don't know about you, but feelings are inconsistent. But joy, joy, and when I'm, when I'm talking about joy, I'm talking about biblical joy. I'm talking about joy of the Lord. Feelings, they're inconsistent, but joy is constant. You see, I think of it as like, as, as like, uh, like a pilot of a ship. You see, joy of the Lord, it transcends raw emotions in such a way that rather than emotions and feelings leading the ship toward joy, joy is actually, the joy of the Lord is the one that is trying to beckon us in such a way that it would steer our feelings, it would steer our happiness, it would steer our pleasure. Do you get what I'm saying? What I'm saying is this, is that our feelings should not steer our joy, rather our joy should steer our feelings. Oftentimes we buy into we buy into uh, America's propaganda, whether that's through media, TV, music, or whether it's through the you know other streams of other people's lives and their 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 projection of their own happiness and their own joy. Friends, the reality is this is propaganda is trying to get us to buy into this. Is that if our feelings, if we could just feel happy, then our lives will be full of joy. And I don't know about you, that is just, it's not the truth at all. The truth of the matter is this, is that the word of God, it promises us joy in good times and the bad times. When our feelings are high and our feelings are low. So joy is not rooted in our feelings. And secondly, joy does not equal Americana's narrative. Joy does not equal, it does not equal Americana's narrative. You see, the joy of the Lord is transcendent. The joy of the Lord, it goes above our ways, our thoughts. It goes above our ambitions. Joy of the Lord is higher and greater than worldly riches, prestige, social status, and so on. Americana's narrative has painted the picture for centuries that if we could just attain worldly riches, prestige, social status, and so on, that we will have a life full of joy. And friends, that may be true for some, but I'll tell you what, that truth that is for some, that is fickle. 
that it's here and there, that it may sustain for a while, but that joy that is rooted in social status or in America's Americana's narrative, it is, it, it, it is temporary. See, Jesus is asking you and I to become a people of great joy in a time of great despair because the joy of the Lord is not fickle and it knows no end. It is not temporary. The joy of the Lord is eternal. You see, the gospel of Jesus exposes the false narrative of, of the American dream. You know, the American dream that if we could just get, you know, a nice two-storied house with a white picket fence and the husband could have a, a, a job that can provide for the family while, while the wife stays at home and takes care of the two kids because anything more than two kids is not a part of the American dream and, and this and so on. And if we could just attain the American dream, we've made it. Mom, we've made it. I can now be happy. I can now be a person with resolve, with joy. In the gospel of Jesus, it exposed the lie in that narrative. Because that narrative, the Americana's narrative, is rooted in worldliness and in humanism. It's rooted in worldliness and in humanism. If we could just attain things in our world based off of humans' own ideas and concepts of Americana's narrative, then we will have arrived in friends, sadly, Millions upon millions will never arrive or will never achieve Americana's narrative. So does that mean that those millions upon millions will never ever have the joy of the Lord? Absolutely not. Why? Because the joy of the Lord transcends this world. Just look at any martyr's life from old or current day martyr if you look at their lives man they go through hardship they go through unspeakable things unimaginable things yet they are often the ones filled with the most joy and they smile through it all and they say it's okay it's okay i'm okay because i have joy see Joy does not equal Americana's narrative. So what is joy? Let's look at three things of what joy is and from what the scriptures show us. First off, joy is a gift from God. That is good news. Joy is a gift from God. This is, this is really good news. Why? Because America's narrative, America's, Americana's narrative would say, if you complete X, Y, Z, then you can have joy. In other words, work for joy. And if you don't work hard enough, or if you're not smart enough, or you don't look good enough, then you won't attain the joy that of this world. Friends, the joy of the Lord, which is eternal, is a gift of God. In other words, no man can earn it, no man can buy it. God simply gives it away. This is good news today. If you are in a spot right now where you feel joyless, turn to the Lord. It's like Christmas Day. 
Hello. Wake up to joy of the world that God wants to give you his joy. It's a gift. How is it a gift? Let me read you the scripture. Let me read you the scripture out of Luke 24, verses 50 to 53. I love this. It says this. Then Jesus led them to Bethany. And lifting his hands to heaven, he blesses them. While he was blessing them, he left them and he was taken up to heaven. I'm going to stop right there before I read the last two verses. I'll give you some context. Jesus had lived a perfect, blameless 33 years. Jesus was crucified for the sins of humanity. Three days later, the good news of the story is that God, by his spirit, resurrects Jesus from the dead from the grave, defeating sin and our enemy. And then 40 days later, Jesus ascends to heaven. And here we, we hop in into that scene right before we're, or right as Jesus ascends. While he was blessing them, Jesus was blessing them. He left them and was taken up to heaven. Verse 52, so they worshiped him. They worshiped Jesus and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. You see, here is one example of the New Testament word, the Koine Greek word, joy. And the Koine Greek word is kara. Kara. And kara simply means this, when it is when it is, uh, it is most basically translated into our English language, it, it means delight or it means joy. But for those of you Greek scholars out there, you immediately recognize the word kara. And you, you recognize it because it is, it is a relative word to the word that we have for grace, God's grace. See, the Koine Greek word for grace is charis, car or charis, charis. But the Koine Greek word for joy is kara. My point is this, is that grace is a gift or blessing brought to man by Jesus Christ. So we could, we could accurately translate the joy of the Lord according to the New Testament as this. Joy is a gift or blessing brought to man by Jesus Christ. Joy is a gift from God. And just as grace has come down and is now as offering us free salvation, Joy is the manifestation of grace realized. Joy is the manifestation of grace realized. The moments that our hearts are illuminated to the reality and the beauty and the power and the gift of grace that manifests, that overflows to the joy of the Lord. Second, Joy is our strength. Joy is not only the gift of God. Joy is our strength. 
Now going to the Old Testament. The Old Testament. The Hebrew word, the Hebrew word for joy is simcha. Simcha. And when it's most basically translated, simcha is translated as strength, laughter, and worship. I love that. Strength, laughter, and worship. I said earlier in the beginning of this teaching that the Old Testament, it says laughter is like medicine to the soul. That, that when we laughed, it is, like, it is like balm. It is like a healing ointment to the scarring and pain of our soul and our spirit. That joy is our strength. That it is, it is our strength. Listen to what Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, it says this. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't be dejected or sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We have to realize is if you were to go up to any ancient Hebrew and ask them, ask them about this word, simcha, they will, they will automatically think of two things. Joy of the Lord as a strength for the individual as well as for a collective community. This is really important. I want you to grasp this today. Is that the joy of the Lord, it's a gift from God. But it's a gift for the individual as well as for a collective community. As well as for a collective community. We just read in Nehemiah that there is this joy that is for every single individual that made up the Israelites or the ancient Hebrew. That there is this joy where God is saying to them, today is sacred. It is holy. I want you to feast. I want you to throw a celebration. I want you, I want you to party. I want you to throw a party. Don't be dejected on today's party. Don't be sad. Rather, know this, the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is good news today. Today, if you are listening and you feel weak of soul, you feel brokenness, that your, your heart or the soul of your, of your most inner self is fractured or torn, let me tell you, there's good news. Jesus wants to offer you his joy as your strength. His joy as your strength. Friends, God does not want you to live in a constant state of dejection or sadness. Yes, there is a time to grieve. Absolutely. It is absolutely biblical that we grieve, that we are sad, that we allow ourselves to be, we allow ourselves to be fully given to the darkness of our sadness and our grief so that the light of his grace and his goodness will illuminate us to, again. But friends, within that, God doesn't want us to stay there. God wants us to receive his joy 
as our strength. If you feel like you have no strength any longer, friends, welcome to being a human. And now as a human, as a follower of Jesus, receive the free gift of God's joy in this moment. Receive his joy. His joy will never leave you. His joy will be a constant to you. His joy will be like a healing balm to the fractures and the ailments of your soul and your heart. God wants his joy to be your strength today. But not only is it for the individual, it's for a collective community. I love this. Let me read this passage to you. 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 40. I get pumped about this. 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 40. It says this, And all the people, so a collective community, and all the people followed Solomon into Jerusalem, playing flutes and shouting for joy. The celebration was so full of joy that the noise shook the earth with sound that the noise shook the earth with sound. That the joy of a collective community, that God's joy had come upon them in such a way that they were filled with worship and singing and strength, that the literal earth was shaken. Let me tell you something. The joy is a joy is a dynamic that shifts the atmosphere. Joy is so strong that when it comes upon a collective people, it shifts the atmosphere. It is such a strong dynamic that it it changes the atmosphere. Man, I remember going to partake in this one partake. I don't know, it just comes over me. I just remember going to one of these conferences in California and it was in this long worship time. Man, people were healed. People had surrendered their lives to Jesus. And I remember that the worship, the worship band just died down to where it was just the keys. And I think it was just like a string instrument. And then all of a sudden, laughter started to burst one individual to the next to all of a sudden it was this collective community who had been found in the strength of joy that they were that it was manifesting in laughter i'll never forget it i'll never forget it because i went to this conference seeking healing and today today i stand partially healed i stand as a witness of god's healing balm of joy in my own life. So joy, joy is a gift from God, but joy is also a strength for the individual as well as a collective community. How do we become a people of great joy in light of this cultural moment? of great despair. How do we become a people of great joy in light of this cultural moment of great despair? Well, friends, practice, practice, practice. How are we gonna become a, a people of great joy? We've gotta practice. We've gotta practice, practice, practice joy. You see, there's this, this saying that you might have heard before. 
Practice makes perfect. And in light of the gospel, no human will ever become perfect. And God's grace is extended to us in our weakness and our lack of perfection. And so in light of us realizing that we will, we will never reach perfection here on earth until we meet Jesus, I want to change that phrase. Maybe Belltown Church, we will adopt this. That we won't, we won't say practice makes perfect, but we will say practice toward transformation. You see, perfection isn't the goal. Transformation is. Jesus has never and will never ask of you perfection, but he sure does ask of you to be transformed. And this is the gospel. The gospel doesn't invite us into perfection. It doesn't demand our perfection. It simply invites us into transformation. So I want to give us three things to practice to become a great, uh, to become a people of great joy. The first thing is this, practice living by the Spirit. Practice living by the Spirit. I will tell you, this has got to be at the forefront of you and I becoming a people of joy. We have got to be a people. We have got to be a collective community that practice living by the Spirit. You see, it was the very Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the grave. It is the very Spirit of God that lives and resides within us. It is the very Spirit of God that the Scriptures speak about. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. In other words, greater is the Spirit of God that lives within Jesus' people than the enemy that lives in the world. That is good news. We have, we, we have lost the art of practicing living as a people uh, according to the Spirit. We've got to practice living by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. They are plain as day. This is the fruit of following your sinful nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone that lives this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against such things. My point is this, is as a people that are orienting our life, reorienting our life around the practices of living by the Spirit, something that will cultivate that lifestyle is hunger and passion. I love how the Old Testament, it says this, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. As the deer pants for the water, 
So my soul longs for you. In other words, there's got to be a hunger. There's got to be a resolve of hunger and passion for a life that is led by the Spirit, knowing what is produced in such a lifestyle, love and joy. If we are going to be a people of great joy in a cultural moment of great despair, we have got to be a people that practice living by the Spirit. The second thing that we have to do, not have to, the second thing that the Lord is inviting us into is to practice intimacy. Intimacy. This first one was practice living by the Spirit. The second one is practice intimacy. Practice intimacy. John 15. I love this. This is one of the most powerful portions of Scripture. These are the words of Jesus talking about Him being the vine and we are the branches. Listen to these verses in verse 9 through 14. It says this, I have loved you. This is Jesus talking. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things. Listen. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. How will we be filled with the joy of Jesus and the joy that Jesus had as he remained in his father's love and now he's inviting us to remain in his love? How will we be filled with that type of joy? My goodness, intimacy. Intimacy. That we practice actually knowing him. That there is an intimate knowing of our hearts of Jesus. There is an intimate knowing of our souls with Jesus. There is an intimate knowing. You see, intimate knowing and pressing in to the love of God is a strong and effective practice to becoming a person of joy. Becoming a person of joy. I'm going to finish with this. The last thing that Jesus is inviting us into to become a great people of joy is to practice missional mindedness. Practice missional mindedness. Now some of you are like, wait a minute. That seems like that seems like a curveball. How does missional mindedness how does what does that have to do with the joy of the Lord? Well friends, let me tell you something. It has everything to do with the joy of the Lord. Let me prove it to you. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. It's one of my favorite passages because it gives us clear revelation to why Jesus came and how Jesus was able to endure all that he did for you and I. Hebrews chapter 12. It says this, if I could just find the page, there it is. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, 
Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily, uh, easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before you and I. We do this, listen to this, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated awaiting him. He endured, oh wait, I'm so sorry. Now he is seated in places of honor beside God's throne. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates our faith, because of the joy awaiting him. Because of the joy awaiting him. What was the joy awaiting him? It was you and I. You see, Jesus came from heaven to earth full of mission. He was mission-minded. Jesus himself was missional-minded. So much so that he practiced missional-mindedness. How? Joy. He knew that the joy of the Lord was set before him, which was you and I, which was humanity. Jesus knew that if he would just fulfill the mission that was on his life, he would receive the joy that was awaiting him, which was sons and daughters, which was an inheritance of humanity, which would be a new people that would love him, that would remain in his love, that his very joy would be made complete, not only within us, but overflowing through us. You see, we need to practice missional mindedness. And as we practice missional mindedness, we will be a people full of joy. Right now, there are neighbors to where you are living that I'm sure are far from God, that they need the good news of Jesus. And I want to just to encourage you, I want to, I want to urge you, practice missional mindedness for your neighbors that are living next door to you. Practice missional mindedness for your coworkers at your job. Practice missional mindedness whenever you go into a coffee shop or you go into a store. People on leadership at Belltown Church, they know this about me. Man, I, I have made it a practice of mine that whenever I go into a coffee shop or a grocery store, I simply open up my heart and open up my eyes and I ask the Holy Spirit this question. Holy Spirit, are you saying anything? Are you saying anything? And that very question is framing my heart to practice missional mindedness, that I am open to the leading of the Holy Spirit wherever he would lead me. I want to finish with this story of practice mission, practicing missional mindedness. Um, I work in Pike Place Market and yeah, I made it a, a, a practice of mission of mindedness to adopt several, I mean, adopt just a couple coffee shops nearby. 
And I go to those coffee shops every single day uh, to get to know people, to get to, to get to know their hearts, to get to know their lives. Uh, not in a corrupt way, in a way that I'm trying to use them for a mission, but in a way that I know that God loves them and God is for them and that there is good news for them. So I, I go to these coffee shops and I ask questions. I build friendships. I get to know them. I let them get to know me. I get to, I share of my own brokenness. I share of my own heart. And so one time I, I walked into this coffee shop nearby called Storyville Coffee. And I, I, I walked in and just like I always do, I said, Holy Spirit, are you saying anything? And I looked across and I just felt this nudge. I just, I just felt this impression that this, this, this coworker on the other side of, of the counter who, who was a worker at Storyville, who was a barista at Storyville, uh, I just heard the Holy Spirit say, uh, she, 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 she needs to receive my healing. I don't know if those were the exact words, but I knew that I, I was to go and ask her if, she, if there was anything that she needed healing for. And lo and behold, God, true story, man. I could, I, could, I could show you text messages. I could show you Facebook messages verifying this story. Lo and behold, I actually get to the counter and I see that she has a cast on, her, on one of her legs. And I just said to her, uh, I haven't seen that cast on you, uh, on you before. Why are you wearing that? Are you okay? And she goes on to share how she has had a physical ailment for decades. Since she was a young girl, she's had this physical ailment, ailment that would, in her, in, her, in her leg, and it would swell up. And it would, this swelling would cause so much pain. It would cause so much pain that she couldn't even stand on it. So every once in a while, she puts on this cast that she just has at home whenever this swelling would happen. It's this medical problem that she has. And so I just said, you know what? Um, can I just pray for you? You know, I, I follow a, a person named Jesus and Jesus offers you healing for this day. I don't know if I worded it like that, man. It, I'm always, it's always better, you know, in, in the moment. And she, she said yes and she walked around the counter so that I could pray for her. And I just simply laid my hands on her cast. And I just prayed that the Spirit of God would overwhelm her from the top of her head to the sole of her feet. And I asked that every pain would be gone in the name of Jesus. And I just, I just, I just went for it. And friends, the very next day I went back and I saw the same girl and her cast was gone. And she began to share a story with me about how she felt in that cast that swelling had started to go down and pain started to leave. And she went home and she was in disbelief. And, and, and the very next day she woke up and she was wondering, oh, is, is it going to be there? And it wasn't that the pain was gone. I'm still friends with this person today. And that pain and that problem has never come back. Almost a year, actually over a year later, that pain is gone. You see, all of us are being invited to become a people of great joy. And one of the ways that we practice becoming a people of great joy is that we practice 
missional mindedness that for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. He knew that, that there, was, there was a reward on the other side. And friends, the reality is this, is that as we practice joy, as we practice missional mindedness, we know that there is joy. There is a reward on the other side. In light of today's political landscape and cultural landscape, in light of society's landscape, I want to tell you that we don't have to, we don't have to, to, to succumb to the world's despair, but rather Jesus is calling his people to become a great people of joy so that we might be little lights throughout the world that are changing the story, the narrative of despair for great joy. And Jesus is inviting you and I into that today. Now the question is, what are we waiting for? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. I thank you for every single person that is watching. I thank you for every single person that will watch. And right now, I just, I just ask in the mighty name of Jesus, if there is anyone on the other side of this screen that is in pain or needs healing, in the mighty name of Jesus, let your Holy Spirit come upon them. And we pray, pain, leave in the name of Jesus. We pray any sickness be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you that there is joy awaiting us on the other side. Father, I pray for those of us who are grieved, who are despaired of heart. I pray that you, by your spirit, would whisper to the people that you're calling us to be today and in this moment. God, I pray that your joy is our strength, it is our reward, and I pray that you would help us by your spirit to practice these three simple yet powerful things that we would give ourselves to practice living by the spirit that we would give ourselves to orient our lives around intimacy with you and that we would practice daily missional mindedness. Lord, we love you. We love you so much. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen.